This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast. I'm Johnny Hart. And today I'm joined by Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham in London and Ed Moyer in New York. Hi there, guys. Good afternoon. Hello there. Let's start with the Bank of England and the statement this morning, which has warned that the coronavirus pandemic is set to push the UK economy towards its deepest recession on record. And they're talking about going back to 1707. It said the economy was on course to shrink 14% this year. And that is based on the lockdown being relaxed in June. Craig, if we could start with you, are those figures as bad as originally predicted? depends where your predictions are coming from. I think there's been a wide array of predictions, uh, to be honest, with regards to this. And to be honest, I think a lot of the annual predictions which we're seeing now, you can probably take with a pinch of salt because I think people are having a hard enough time um, predicting what the numbers are going to look like in the second quarter uh, or even next month. So, I mean, I think it's extremely difficult to really put a number on these things. So I think that's one of the reasons also why people are kind of uh, giving this kind of free pass to a lot of the data. in terms of the Bank of England itself, I mean, yeah, it, this is obviously quite a shocking figure, but this is also a very different type of recession to what we've seen for so long. Um, so it, it really does make life very difficult when it comes to comparing and contrasting. Uh, interestingly, obviously, uh, you compare it with like like the the previous the, the previous crisis that uh, in in seventeen oh six or seventeen oh seven that you said. I mean, it's kind of almost reminiscent. It's this kind of one-off shock factor. So you're thinking it's just very difficult to really take these numbers and try and anticipate what it means for the longer term. What was interesting with the Bank of England, I think more so than anything, is the fact that this time last week we were, or this time last Friday, uh, we were talking about the fact that they had moved the meeting. And what did that mean? Did it mean that we were going to see a massive stimulus package? And they just didn't deliver. So it begs the question why did they bother moving the meeting at all because while there wasn't really any rumors over the course of the last week about what they do there was speculation they could increase the qe program obviously two central banks now doing qe infinity and yet they really just delivered nothing but quite obviously an appalling uh, growth forecast so that, that 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 i find a bit strange and maybe it's something that they're going to err towards uh, in the future under andrew bailey but um yeah i thought i thought that was probably the most surprising aspect of the entire report was the fact that there wasn't actually anything to uh, uh to report in terms of changes despite the fact that they make this last minute decision to move it to 7 a.m two of its nine members voted to increase the latest round of uh, quantitative easing by 100 billion to 300 billion it was a bit of a tease really wasn't it um did that have any effect on sterling well the pound actually lifted after the result which is uh, why i say i think there was no speculate there was no rumors which there usually is in terms of what the central bank will actually do at least what's going to be discussed but there was those, those rumors didn't really exist that much over the course of the last week but clearly the markets had priced in something they just didn't know what but i mean you look at the ECB last week. The ECB last week, we were the the, 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 the rumours, the speculation was around: Will they increase the PEP program, the um, the, the pandemic emergency purchase program? Will they uh, increase just the normal quantitative easing program? Will they change the parameters around what's deemed acceptable as part of these bond purchases to allow? for these fallen angel bonds, the bonds which were previously investment grade by two notches that have fallen into junk territory since the crisis. Are they going to make these changes at the meeting? So there was conversations happening ahead of this meeting which suggested that we knew what was 
going to be discussed and then they kind of surprised um with the uh these new programs the the peltros and uh reducing the tltro3 rates so the, it's always difficult to speculate but clearly the markets were pricing in something which is why the pound rose after the event uh it did pair these gains but the the immediate aftermath of the event the the, the knee-jerk reaction was a 100 pip rise against the dollar so clearly the markets were expecting something they just didn't know quite what it was going to be and then the bank of england disappointed like i say it was a very confusing start to the day yeah and the bank's analysis was based on social distancing measures being gradually phased out between June and September. And of course, on Sunday, Prime Minister Boris Johnson will address the nation to outline plans for the next stage of the lockdown. And I'm sure business leaders will be hoping for meaningful relaxation if the lockdown uh, you know, really sort of uh, carries on rather than just a sort of softly, softly approach focused on things like people having more exercise, which seems a bit piecemeal. Can I ask you, actually, Ed, at the moment, what is the situation with the lockdown in New York? We hear differing uh, cases across the United States as to which state is going in which direction. What's happening in New York at the moment? Well, the lockdown measures are definitely uh, working out, uh, and I think um, better in New York. We're, we're starting to see um, New York no longer lead the way in the daily death toll, and we're we're, we're seeing new cases continue to to drop. And and uh, there 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 is big concern though that you know a lot of the Manhattan people and Brooklyn and Queens left the city. And when they come back and when we start to see a, a reopening of the economy here, uh, there will be a, a pretty, pretty big second wave. And, and that's the big concern. Um, I think that for the most part, though, we, we're uh, you know, not struggling for um, supply. We're, we've seen some progress on the supply side of uh, protective gear for, for uh, the health experts and the doctors and nurses. But there, there's still concerns that we're, we're not going to be um, well positioned for the second wave. So there's still a little bit of skepticism. Uh, Throughout the rest of the country, uh, you know, we're, we're we're starting to see some um, increases in cases, and and uh, I think that uh, as you have uh, you know many uh, over half the states with some type of uh, laxed lockdown conditions, uh, you're you're gonna see uh, in the next uh, week now because it's been about a week since they they've had um, um, easier conditions uh, that we're gonna probably see another surge in the US. So there, there, there are expectations that we'll, we'll um, continue to see uh, the, 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 the deaths continue to climb. And uh, I think um, the US is still not over the peak, New York is, but uh, the rest of the country, far from it. As I mentioned, Craig, Boris Johnson will speak to the nation on Sunday and a lot of people in the business will be hoping for some sort of meaningful relaxation of the lockdown do you think they're going to get it no i think they'll be disappointed i think there's going to be measures announced like you mentioned earlier i think they're going to take a very cautious approach You've got to remember this is a government that has been heavily criticized for its handling of the early stages of this crisis for the the, the time it took them to actually impose these lockdowns and the numbers that have since followed means there's just enormous pressure on the way they handle 
this next phase. So I don't expect to see anything significant. There's going to be things which obviously impact our day-to-day lives, I think, over the coming weeks in terms of who can go back to work um, uh, and what type of services we can start to see. But I think really, I mean, I don't think we're going to notice a huge impact on our lives in terms of uh, in terms of how what's going to be announced for another three weeks. I think the vast majority of these measures are going to remain in place. It's just going to be things like how many people you can now interact with whether you can see family again but i think when it comes to people when it comes to vulnerable people i still think the same uh, measures are going to be imposed because these people were vulnerable before they're still vulnerable now so i still think there's going to be um, a big impact on everyone's lives at least for the next three months and i think those who are vulnerable for much longer than that again of course it's a public holiday in the uk tomorrow to commemorate uh, ve day America continues, Ed, uh, and the figures probably will focus on the latest employment statistics. Just how bad are they expected to be? It's going to be ugly. Uh, April, we're, we're looking at over 21 million jobs lost. Uh, the unemployment rate is supposed to, to skyrocket to 16%. And as if that was not you know, tough enough to, to gauge what the reaction will be. Uh, the Labor Department is also um, fixing uh, some miscalculations they had last with last month's report. So out of workers uh, who were not paid due to COVID-19, they should be counted as unemployed, not working. So uh, you're going to see, uh, I think, um, uh, there's, there's a chance that we could see the unemployment rate even go as high as 20 percent so there's there there and that they'll be strictly off recalculations and so what happens with that sometimes the market will kind of overlook the big print but uh but if but if we do see a 20 percent unemployment rate i think that will uh it, it's it's going to be hard for uh risk appetite to remain as as strong as it has been uh throughout this uh this recent rebound and i think the the the, the big thing though that you know what we were getting a good handle of is when we take a look at the jobless claims figures. Um, you know, it, right now it's it's pointing that um, many states we're gonna are gonna have an unemployment rate of 25 percent. So uh, the, the 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 economic pain is widespread. It's through across all industries, and uh, it's it's just gonna be a, a big exclamation point to, to to just how bad the economy is, uh, and and you know it's gonna all hinge on reopening and. I think that if we take a look at what the health experts are expecting, you know, you know, it's going to get really ugly in the next few weeks. So um, there, there's going to be a lot of concern as far as, well, second quarter is just going to be disastrous, and uh, you know, the the reopening um, will have to really um, intensify or pick up in in, in uh, third quarter. So it's going to be hard to imagine how equities can remain uh, this resilient uh, throughout, uh, you know, a, a rough next couple of months. Uh, before we talk about next week, guys, I just want a quick word about oil. Craig, a much better week for oil, and uh, it's back to sort of normal-ish levels. Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, normal-ish at twenty-five dollars. Uh, I mean, I, I think a month ago, two months ago, we'd be talking about that as being extraordinarily low uh, and a massive risk to the oil sector. Whereas now, this is the result of a five or six-day um, strong run. Uh, that's got us back to these levels some days, double-digit uh, percentage gains. Uh, 
ultimately what we're seeing is um, the, the prospect of economies reopening, which obviously has a positive impact because that affects the demand side of the equation, which has suffered a 30% contraction. Uh, we've also got uh, production cuts from from here, there and everywhere at this point. We've got um, effectively companies not pumping. So, I mean, this is uh, keeping it in the ground, as it were. So, I mean, this is... Um, this is the result of that, but we're still at extremely low levels here, and I still see this as being very vulnerable, even following such uh, a strong rebound. Uh, the fact remains that we are still near capacity in the US, and while this may have bought the US a little bit more time, that doesn't mean that all problems are solved. I still think actually a lot of uh, extra demand is being too priced is, is being priced in far too much. This, this idea that reopening economies is going to make that significant a difference, that people are just going to start going about their ordinary day-to-day lives. I, st- I still think maybe a little bit too op- too much optimism is priced in. And I think a lot of the cuts which we're seeing as well announced are not for right now. They are to be uh, cut. So uh, the numbers are going to be interesting over the course of the next couple of weeks. Obviously, if this oil rally can be sustained now over the next uh, seven days, over the next, well, what, seven days to two weeks, 10 days or so, uh, going into the expiry of that uh, June contract, if we can sustain these moves into there and we don't see enormous volatility again and we don't see the shocks uh, and we don't see the capacity issues come back to the fore, that would be a massive supporting factor for prices because that shows that, that this is a market which is uh, taking the current situation in its stride. I'm just not necessarily that confident that we won't see a lot more, uh, well, not necessarily to the same magnitude, but that we won't see uh, a little bit more uh, more volatility going into uh, the expiry of that contract, given the capacity issues are very much still existent. Finally, Ed, to you first, your look ahead to next week and what stands out for you. I think uh, markets are going to be primarily focused with how the spread of the virus is, is uh, you know, persisting in both uh, Europe and the US. I think, as you highlighted before, uh, uh, the UK has they're still seeing uh, roughly 3% daily gains in new cases. And I think that you're going to really need to see that start to drop off. Um, I think, you know, reopening is likely to uh, gain traction once you see that closer to 1%. Uh, And with the U.S., it's going to be, uh, a big focus with um, we've we've seen Georgia have a, a much more um, a disappearance of social distancing measures in place. So we're going to look to see if we have um, a, a, any surge or spikes um, with new cases. I think um, investors are going to be primarily focused on on the the virus side. As far as the economic data, you know, we'll we'll get inflation data from the CPI data from the U.S. I I think that right now uh, that's not really going to move the needle. Um, and and um, with respect to um, with uh, some of the the rate decisions coming up, um, the New Zealand central bank is also going to have a meeting, and and I, I think right now everyone has seen uh, a lot of uh, the, the the advanced economies deliver large amounts of stimulus, and and right now it seems that the the, the approach is wait and see, kind of just more of like the what the BOE just did uh, today. So I think we're going to see. Um, um, Maybe uh, no big surprises from uh, New Zealand Central Bank. And uh, to, to, to wrap things up, I think uh, really it's going to be also on that jobless claims on Thursday. That's really the, the best gauge for the uh, health of the U.S. economy. So we'll look to see if that has another 
uh, million dollar um, print, and uh, you know it'll it'll probably still be high. Um, um, and and the, the concerns will be, you know, what's what is going to be the 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 total amount of permanent job loss in the U.S. And the the longer we keep seeing million dollar readings for jobless claims, the 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 worse the outlook becomes. And final word to you, Craig, for next week. Yeah, not really too much to add, to be honest. Um, the UK GDP number on, on Wednesday could be quite interesting, but obviously this a lot of this precedes uh, the lockdown uh, and really everything only uh, kicked off right at the end of the quarter into the second quarter. So it's uh, it will be interesting to see exactly what what we have there. But apart from that, I mean, it, it, every, I think Ed's got everything covered there. It is a relatively quiet week on the data front. Whether that makes any difference or not is another thing because as we've already alluded to earlier, this is um, the, this is a market that is overlooking the economic data. It's the same market that's given a free pass to earnings season, which is slowly winding down. So I think there's going to be a lot more emphasis on uh, economic reopenings or soft reopenings, uh, and, um, and we'll see where we go from there. But I think that's where all the emphasis is going to be. And of course, continuing on oil prices, as I've already alluded to, going into that expiry, uh, we'll see if uh, if that kind of positivity, that, that momentum keeps up. Okay, guys, have a good weekend. Uh, we're going to have a long weekend, so uh, hopefully there'll be some good weather to enjoy. I'll speak to you again soon. Have a great weekend. Thank you. From the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am. Listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.